relatively, <laughs> I know Lapine is enjoying having a break too and just our, the rest of the worship team always amazing. So, as you can see, we're setting up behind me for the Father's Day panel. I'm really excited for this morning to hear from some of our amazing dads. So I'll just introduce the panel as they set up. Ryan might even put a picture up, I'm not sure. Actually, just before I do that, let's give these guys a hand, our team. I was just thinking how Andy um, honoured Josh and I and like just and said thank you to the church for this family environment. And I was just thinking of the amazing team here and that everything that happens in church from the welcome to the biscuits to the kids' church to all the culture, everything, it doesn't rise and fall on two people. It's the result of a team, of an army that creates a space for everyone to come in on Sunday and be blessed. So I just wanted to get everyone who serves at Highway in any manner or form to stand up. And I just really wanted to honour the team at Highway. So stand up. Don't be shy, guys. It's probably most of, most of everyone in here. <laughs> so let's just give these guys a big hand. Because this is how the only way we have an awesome church is because of these ones. And, um, and Sarah and Dean are out at creche right now. Dean just ran out to fill a gap because someone couldn't come. And how awesome is the team here? So, so blessed. So thank you, guys. And, yeah, back to the panel. So we did have a last-minute panel change. John Garrett was on the panel, but he had some emergency stuff pop up and he wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. But we have Adam Gowan. Give him a hand. We have Josh Gerrards filling in for John Garrett. Oh, one JG for the other JG. Um, we also have Shane Hartland. Give him a hand. Come up, come up. Guest panelist Tom Young, all the way from Sydney. <laughs> Give him a hand. And someone who's going to represent the oldies for us, Larry Hansen. <laughs> Give him a hand. In the absence of John Garrett, Larry will fly the flag for the older fathers and grandfathers. We love Larry. He's a father in the house. Okay, so I'll get into the panel questions in a moment, but what an awesome panel of dads. And someone actually saw this panel of dads this week and said to me, what an amazing panel. It's just reminded me that there's good dads in the world. And this person was someone who's grown up without a father. And I just thought, isn't that um, an amazing compliment. We do have amazing fathers in the world and amazing fathers in our midst. And I know what each of these ones shares this morning will be a blessing to us. I'm just going to grab my phone and the, my little questions. I'll hand over to Josh if you want to say anything. Um, I don't want to say anything. I've got, I'll be answering some, John Garrett sent me through some of his answers, so I'll answer his at the same time as well. So I can be old and young. Okay, so I was also um, just thinking, I said in the little thing there after singing, that, you know, sometimes, it's hard to put it into words, but, you know, the love or the lack of love from a father can really um, damage someone or set someone up to flourish in life. So, and I know as dad shared here before, my dad, who's also our network leader, he's working with the Department of Facts. What do you call that these days? Family and Community Services? That's this jumper's just there, pink jumper. Um, and he said he sees it all the time that just the damage of a father's abuse, how it actually can just break a child's soul and it can break them for the rest of their life. But on the other hand, how much can the love of a father, the genuine love of a father, set a child up for wholeness and to flourish and ultimately our heavenly father, but we represent that as fathers on earth. So that is why this 
panel of fathers here I think are so amazing. They're big-hearted, loving, kind. They might not be perfect, but they're fathers who know what it is to love a generation, to love sons and daughters, and so I'm excited to hear from them this morning. Without further ado, we're going to start. Um, the first question I wanted to ask these guys... <laughs> That's good. That was quick thinking, Ryan. Um, oh, for anyone listening on SoundCloud, Ryan just popped up some funny names. So we're going to ask these guys a little bit about themselves. Pop it up again, Ryan. Um, so Larry Hansolo, tell us a bit about yourself. Do you need this? Oh, you, I've got one here. Oh, you got one. Cool. Turn that orange light off. Yeah, press that. A bit lower. Yeah. There we go. Is that it? Yeah, well, um, I, I never knew my father. I never uh, grew up with a father. And um, for me, I was raised by my grandparents, who uh, I'm sure loved me, and I certainly know my, my grandmother loved me. Um, uh, I, my life without a father was, um, well, that was just natural to me. Um, just never had one. So that's how I grew up, without a, without a father. Um, so I guess I missed, missed a lot of stuff um, and it's only just been probably in recent years that I've sort of looked back and uh, realised the significance of... <laughs> Doing good, lads. <laughs> ...not having a father, so... Um, but yeah, when I grew up, it was just my, my normal was not to have a father figure around. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's it. How about you, Shane? Tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> Larry's going to make everyone cry. Sorry. <laughs> what was the question again? Just a bit about yourself, like how many kids you have, where you grew uh, up, hobbies, whatever you want to tell us. Um, yeah, so I actually I grew up in, uh, in Melbourne. Um, I did have a father, very lucky and blessed. Um, yeah, and I, have, I have very fond memories of, of childhood and... Well, even, even though my dad worked a lot, um, he, he made some special times. Um, and I have some good memories, you know, of, of times that my dad sort of took me out and we did stuff together, so it's good. Um, and I obviously have two young boys, um, very blessed. Um, feel, yeah, just absolutely blessed to have that opportunity to be a father. Um, so, yeah, and it's only possible, obviously, with my lovely wife as well. So, um, yeah, Whitney. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. So, I have three kids. I have Xavier, who's eight, JL, who's five, and Jasper, who's four. Um, I have a dad, and I have actually a really good relationship with my dad. I um, still see him every Wednesday. It's our, our time to catch up and, and collect the bread for the farm. Um, uh, yeah, and then... Um, so what else do I want to say about that? I, I actually really inspired by my dad mm. uh, for his love um, for people and his love for his local church as well. He's, um, mm. He goes to the Batemans Bay, down at Batemans Bay Church, and they're actually in the middle of a building project, and he's, he's a brickie, mm. and I've never seen him so excited about something. Oh, he's just awesome. so keen to get there and just to build the church, and he's, he's just absolutely just loving it it's he's like in his element like he's he's 64 but you just can't <laughs> slow him down he's just um so good. just so keen to get into it so i'm really blessed to have a a great example of someone who 
loves and who finds a unique expression of that as well. It's not just, you know, what it might look like to uh, someone on the outside, but it's actually finding his gift and actually expressing that uh, in, a, in a genuine way. Uh, so I'm really lucky to have that example. That's great. Um, yeah, so I'm Tom from Sydney, as Sarah said. Um, I've got two boys, Judah and Eli. Um, and I actually grew up half of my life in Western Australia and half of my life in Sydney, down the south coast of WA. Um, and a lovely wife, Claire. That's, that's it. All right. Um, I have eight kids. Well, hang on, you're, talk you're talking about John. <laughs> web marketing business for 18 years and I grew up in Sydney. And I honestly never had time for any hobbies. Is so that what John Garrett That's said? what John wrote, so that's <laughs> not me. I've only got four kids. Um, and I hate the web, so I don't do that. Um, I don't know, what else? What else say? I've got a beautiful wife, and I grew up with an awesome dad, and yeah. yeah. No, I think, yeah. I think Josh is nervous. He was preparing to ask the questions, and now he's mm. answering the questions. And can I say about Larry, yeah, I, I reckon it's... Um, Larry's probably the most practical man yeah. I know, and they have a... To not have a father, that's pretty incredible at the stuff that you can do yeah. with your hands and all that. So that's, um, yeah. I learned, I've been working at Larry Mann's house and I've learned heaps from Larry just on how to do stuff with the hand practical in the way he thinks. So that's awesome, Larry, as well. Like, be scary if you did have a dad, how practical you would be. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking too, that's <coughs> like your. You just ooze the father's heart, Larry. So I think that's so beautiful that you haven't had that, but obviously you've decided it's something that you want to walk in. And I think you're a father in the house and just your love is such a blessing to many. So, yeah, thank you, Larry, for leading, like, being a father in the house. And, um, Shane, you said that your dad worked a lot, but he made time. And I was thinking about it. One of our boys wrote on their Father's Day cards, my dad's superpower is working. <laughs> so, yeah, thank God for dads who do work and provide for their families. It's... um. It's a huge blessing. I know it comes with great burden too. All right, thank you guys. Great to get to know you all a bit more. So your greatest joy as a father. Anyone can answer this or everyone. Does anyone want to start out? Greatest joy as a father. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. My greatest joy is being able to um, tell my kids that I love them mm. and uh, they respond in kind. That uh, I um, was never told I was loved. This is not a pity story, I'm just putting it in the picture here. Um, until I was probably 58 was the only time I was ever told by a parent, that's my mother, that she loved me. And that was after I told her wow. that I loved her. So I put great importance and I get great joy <laughs> out of just telling my kids I love them. Yeah. Uh, they embrace me and uh, tell, tell me that they love me. And it's beautiful. That's where my greatest joy is. It's great. So good. Um, yeah, I guess the, the moment you become a father, like for me, that was probably uh, my greatest joy. I guess the, it's such a humbling, miraculous moment that you feel so um, unworthy and in, like, incapable of, of sort of 
taking that responsibility on, yet it's, it's just there and it happens and it's just like, it's such a, an amazing moment. Um, so that's, I guess, one. I guess yeah. the other one is, is just seeing, uh, I guess, the smile on my kid's face. It's just so good to see them happy and enjoying life. Like, it's just, that's probably <coughs> the other thing. Like, on a daily basis, that is the greatest joy. So It's beautiful. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I think, I think the same, Shane. I think when you first hold your first child and that whole moment of realisation of I'm a dad now mm. and then just being overcome with emotion uh, at that point is just, it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I just love, I just love being stupid with kids <laughs> and just having heaps of fun. And um, I think there's, there's a lot that actually we learn in that. We learn and kids learn and it's really important for us to, to do that, just have, have that play, yeah. have that and never lose that kind of spark of life, that joy. You know, I think that's what, you know, Jesus, you know, wants us to be like, you know, like unless you become like a child, you know, it's, it's that whole, I think becoming a dad, you actually get to become a child again in some ways as well. You actually get to embrace the silliness of childhood and just have fun with it and just um, experience the joy uh, of life and just everything is amazing and just to enter into that wonder again, I think, is, is a, such a blessing. Yeah, very much the same for me. The biggest, the biggest joy for me is just seeing the joy in my kids. Um, it's just no better thing than, you know, seeing your kid's face light up with something, with excitement, with new wonder. Um, and so, yeah, definitely for me, like, less so with the, uh, when I first held him, I suddenly felt the, I had to be responsible and, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of thing. But, yeah, I love the idea that you can actually be a child. I'm a basically as immature as a child, so it goes really well with me. But, yeah, I just love seeing the, the joy in my kids. Yeah. That's cool. I remember when we first had Zeke, um, I actually got to, whatever, catch him out of the womb. and um, catch him out of? <laughs> out of the womb. And um, the umbilical cord was over his bits, and um, so I didn't see, and I remember the nurse pulling the umbilical cord off and I'm like, oh, he's got balls. <laughs> so um, uh, that was the moment I fell in love with my son. Um, but yeah, so that was a great joy. But no, I, I used to, um, I remember one of the greatest joys as a kid with my dad was always, just, we always just used to wrestle dad. The, the three of us were always versus dad and it's the same with my kids. It's just the greatest fun when all four of them, Esther gets involved now and jumps on and wrestle and it's just, there's heaps of fun, there's laughter and fun, so yeah. We all try and gang up on Josh, and <coughs> like five of us, and we still can't win. But I think that tables will turn in the coming years, hey? Boys will get stronger nah. than you. <laughs> Who broke Zeke's foot the other day? <laughs> These shoes you make me wear the church. <laughs> Josh is like, it was my church shoes. But um, I said, but how good Josh was playing with his kids. Like, yeah, he's a dad that loves to play with his kids, so awesome. Oh, John's Garrett was to see how some of the older children model their lives on his example. Oh, that's cool. And he's how deeply influenced them in their faith and life. Cool. Greatest challenge as a father? <coughs> it's a big question, isn't it? Thank you. 
the balance between getting the balance between discipline and freedom. Mm. And that changes yes. on a daily basis. That's interesting. I um, my answer is similar. I guess, yeah, discipline is probably the the biggest challenge. Um, still figuring all that out, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it is like you got to have fun, but obviously it's setting boundaries, and knowing that that's healthy for your children as well, mm. in in some degree. So that is a, a big challenge. Yeah, definitely. I think um, balance in all things is just tricky. Mm. It's just tricky when you have kids to do everything that you want to do because <laughs> there's so much time that you need to kind of schedule everything. And I think just finding that, that balance of enough time to, to do the things that you want to do, the things that you need to do, um, and, um, yeah, just finding balance in all things, I think. Yeah, yeah it's good, eh? Um, yeah, pretty much same as what Larry and Shane shared. I think just um, obviously as a dad, you want to see your kids become the best human beings that they can be as they grow up. And so just trying to find the balance and the, all of that in, in raising kids and understanding that each different kid has different needs and, and kind of discerning what each kid needs at each different time to make sure that basically... Yeah, they're going to be the the best person they can be. I think also just to add is um, seeing yourself in your kids. It can be a challenge, uh, and then seeing seeing your dad in you can be a huge challenge. Like you just sometimes like there's just like one little line. Like you say something, you're like, "That was my dad." Like that was that that can be actually confronting and, and a challenge as well. Definitely. I reckon there's heaps of challenges, I guess, as a father, but one of them I, I find is when they do something and you've got to discipline them, but it's flipping hilarious, <laughs> and the challenge is to keep a straight face, knowing that that was awesome, <laughs> but wrong, and how, how to do that. Like, there's so many times I'm just like, they do something and I'm like, yes, I'm the furthest away. I can quickly duck into another room and crack up. My Sarah has to deal with it, like, but that challenge of... I remember those times. Oh, man. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> or when they say something. It's just like, oh, it's so funny. Don't laugh. Yeah, that's good. And so true what um, Tom said too, that each <coughs> child is different too and you've got to... It's not a blanket approach for everyone. I know that for us growing up, um, mum and dad could be firmer on me but were probably softer on some of my other siblings just because of the nature of each of us. We all responded differently and, yeah, it's good, I guess, to tap into wisdom for... It's different kid. All right. So, oh, this kind of links in a little bit with what Josh was saying, but your funniest moment as a dad, if you have one. Uh, I guess there's, there's plenty, but one that sticks in the mind is um, one time when my, I think it was my youngest son, Adam, I think he was about four or, or something like that, and uh, we're sitting around having dinner and we'd had a big meal and we're having sweets and it involved some sort of sloppy stuff, custardy, ricey pudding or something or other anyway. And uh, we were joking about how oh, I couldn't eat another mouthful. And um, so I'm sitting there and we're, we're hamming it up and hamming it up and hamming it up. And, and I got the spoonful of, of whatever it was and went, 
And, and within seconds, Adam's eyes lit up and he got the spoon and went, shpunk. But instead, mine was controlled. I knew what I, I knew that I wasn't going to make a lot of mess. His was just a spoonful of everything. And it went everywhere in his eyes and, and, and the shock horror on his face when he, oh, no, that didn't work like Dad's. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess um, there's one a little while ago um, before Teddy was around, Henry um, was obviously the only child, so he was um, used to have his little bath time and we, had a, we didn't have a bu- proper bath at the time, it was just a shower, we'd put like a bucket in the shower, fill it up and sit him in there and um, he was old enough that we could leave him alone for a little while and have his little play time and... Um, <laughs> We're both in, in the kitchen, Henry's in, in the bath, and all of a sudden there's, there's shrieks of just absolute terror, just screaming like one up. And um, we've both run in thinking that something terrible has happened, and he's standing up in the bath, pointing into the water like there's something <laughs> terrible in there. And we've both looked in, and there's this little log. <laughs> and, and, Somehow he didn't realise that it had come from him. He just thought it just appeared. <laughs> so that was quite funny. Needless to say, I think he figured it out and it's never happened again. So. <laughs> My one's a poo one too. I was, um, I was home alone with just one child. So you could probably guess who that is, but I shall not mention his name. <laughs> but he was a baby. And we're setting him in the, those bumbo seats, you know, the bumbos, where they can kind of, like, sit up, and but they're kind of, like, supported. And, like, so he was sitting in that. And then I started... I got a whiff or something. I'm like, oh, OK, he's, he's got a poo. And so I went in to change him. But not only had he got a poo, but because he was in the bumbo, the poo had, like, pressed. It was up to his <laughs> neck. And so it, like, come up his back to his neck. And, like, I was wiping it off his ears. It was up that high. I was like, whoa. And I just cracked up laughing. I'm like, this is a shower job for sure. Like, there's no other way to clean this up. So I think uh, I just, just uh, had to laugh. Otherwise, I would have cried at that point. But it was so funny. Mm. Keeping, the, keeping the theme of poo stories. Um, we were driving back from Ulladulla, actually, one afternoon, and Judah suddenly decided he needed to go to the toilet, as all kids do, so we, like, pulled over. It happened to be raining torrentially, and we just pulled over on the side of the free in one of those little safety lane things, and I'm like, all right, let's make it quick, and he's like, oh, I need to do a poo, and I'm like, great. <laughs> and it just so happened, we pulled over the first one we could, and it was basically a tip, so it was just, like, mounds of rubbish, probably up to my knees, so... I did the best I could, pulled him out, whipped down his pants. I couldn't get, actually get into the bush because they had the concrete barriers blocked by a pile of rubbish. So I just had to strip him off, hold him over the concrete barriers, <laughs> tell him to get into the squat position. So I lifted up his legs and held him over the edge and watched it drop. <laughs> Quickly wiped his butt and off we went. That's impressive. <laughs> Great skills. Oh, I'm trying to think what's the I funniest. Know. Yeah. <coughs> I've had many. Of. Zeke's done a poo with me in the shower, which was awesome. Hey, is Zeke in here? He's ducking. Yeah. Um, I remember him singing. That was last week, yeah. No. Um, 
He was, I remember him as a baby singing in the shower and then there was silence and I looked down and there it was. <laughs> no, but there's been heaps of those moments of each of the kids. I'm trying to think. No. I just think the little things they say are mm. always, there's so many. I remember when Tamana came and oh, I was in my room, I think Ryan was at our house and he started saying the F word. And just just saying it like randomly. I think he was like, like four or something. I'm like, whoa, what did like what are you saying? And he just goes, F. It's a fun word, isn't it, Dad? And I'm like, whoa, like where did you hear this? And he goes, oh, I just heard it at football. <laughs> and he had no idea that it was a bad thing, but that was kind of one of those moments that was don't laugh. Funny, but don't laugh. You need to not say that. And and how to discipline him in a way that he wanted to say it because he knew it was wrong. But yeah, so that was um that was pretty funny. In a way, he doesn't say it anymore. No. But yeah, he's just walking around like he was saying Esther. yes. So yeah, anyway. Oh. And John's was that he survived. That's his oh. funniest moment. Yeah. That's good. That's profound. <coughs> okay, so switching gears. Um, have you ever felt lonely as a father, or I guess as a person for that matter? Have you ever felt lonely? But you can relate it to fatherhood, whatever you prefer. I'll relate it to fatherhood. Um, my, the times I felt most alone or distanced from my children was when I had to discipline them and it may have been something on a safety aspect that they really needed to have instilled in their minds but it was hard mm. and so I felt that distance for that for that period of time but on every occasion that I've disciplined my children that I can recall um, at the end of the discipline I would hold them <coughs> and tell them that I love them mm. so the discipline is complete mm. it's it's not demonising or damning the child, yes, the discipline was necessary, but mm. I love you. Yeah, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Yeah, it's good love. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I guess I, I've been pretty lucky. <coughs> haven't really felt lonely as such. Um, probably hardest times. What was the question, sorry? Have you ever felt lonely yeah. as a father or as a person? Um, I don't know, I guess there was, there was a time when we were in Sydney that um, sort of life got a bit out of control in the sense that I guess you allow it to a certain point. Um, you let so many things into your life um, without even realising it. It sort of just becomes the norm and everyone else is doing it and you're working flat out and you sort of end up becoming disconnected from the things that you cherish the most, I think. That was probably the hardest thing, I think. Um, yeah, it just felt like I had so much going on, yet I wasn't doing the things that I really wanted to and I was missing out. And that's probably probably the lonely sort of part of what I was living at that time. But, yeah, I guess it's it's a decision and it's this thing that you, you make choices on. And, and thankfully, we, we were able to, to make a change and we, we live in a... In a time and an age, I think we are very blessed that we do have choice and mm. you have to make hard choices to get those things back. It's true. So, no, but we're very lucky. We're very blessed. Yeah, well said. 
yeah, I have, I have definitely um, felt lonely uh, as a dad. Um, so I've been a stay-at-home dad or a part-time stay-at-home dad full-time mm-hmm. for most of the time uh, that we've had kids. Uh, so our family situation is, is very different, I think, to a lot of, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people uh, don't, uh, don't know how to interact sometimes. Or, yeah. uh, there's a, so there is a bit of isolation just in that facet of being a, a stay-at-home dad because mm-hmm. that is different to being a dad who is a full-time worker, which is kind of the, the normal. Yeah. Um, so I, I have felt uh, a little bit isolated or alone uh, in that Um, but also I think that we do live in just in a society in a culture that where we are uh, it kind of is geared towards making us more and more individual and that individual individualizing can actually make us feel more and more alone even as any individual Uh, and so I think that as we are intentional about rectifying that with true community and unity, as um, Sarah and Josh have been talking about, you know, mm. recently, I think as we're intentional about that and intentional about finding faith family and this family of, you know, connection and real unity, that there's, that's, that's part of the antidote. It's not the whole thing. It's not a silver bullet, but that is definitely a huge part of it. Um, and just to be intentional about okay, I'm feeling alone and being aware of my own feelings and so then I can actually do something about it and position myself well so that that loneliness doesn't transform into like a place of despair but is actually something that I can uh, acknowledge and and do something about it to position myself for connection and for growth. It's great, and that links in with what Shane was saying, making changes and choices. Yeah, there might be situations and circumstances, but you choose how you respond and you make those choices to not allow it to become isolation or a bigger thing. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah, um, probably for me, um, I have been, like Shane, pretty lucky. I've always had really good friends, but um, there was a point when I actually first became a dad that I probably felt the most isolated. I was actually the first of my friends by, my friends in Sydney um, have only just started having kids now and, you know, we've got, our youngest is two. So, it's just, it's such a, it's a different life stage and in Sydney, everyone's just running around like headless chooks, living busy lives and so if you don't fit into a certain box, Mm. then you kind of get excluded from the box. Wow. Um, And so, for me having kids excluded me from that box um, and that was probably yeah the hardest time for me <coughs> just missing a lot of that you still connect in but it's it's so so different and you know all the snow trips or things that they might go off and do you kind of just left out from and you find out after the fact so that was kind <laughs> of that was hard yeah definitely that's good talk. cool um i like john um answer so he said yes more so lately as his kids got older mm. and he began to reevaluate what what I'm here for and what God's purpose was for him into the future so for he said for so many years it was just non-stop busy so I didn't have time to think much about that so that that's probably good for us younger dads and all that to yeah. be aware of that and mine's, mine's similar to Tom I guess we were the same we were the first 
of all our peers to have kids and um yeah it was that moment of just that transition in time and and finding friend, all, the, all the people our kids our age were a lot older than us and and all that so it's just that transition period i reckon that was probably the most mm. lonely and just having to recognize it for what it was just that transition in mm. our lives so yeah that's good <coughs> so this is maybe connected um and it's have you ever battled with anxiety or depression and if so did you come through it how did you come through it sorry and none of you might have ever battled with it but if you have yeah i've um had many many uh, occasions to have to battle with depression or anxiety or mm. just life i guess what what life throws at you um i don't know that i have any real answers but just to keep plowing on just mm. get up and dust yourself off and and each circumstance is, is probably different uh, and with different people as well. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't have any, I don't actually know how I handle that but to just keep mm. going. Yeah, it's good. And part of the reason I'm asking the media <coughs> is because I think um, it's a common thing and it's not talked about often. And so I think even in Larry sharing and if others share, it's just encouraging, isn't it, to know that never alone, everyone's facing a battle. And that's partly, I know I've had periods of anxiety and depression and just to know that others are going through a similar thing and that there's hope and light at the end of the tunnel, I think that's really... Yeah. That's good. Do you want to add, Shane? Yeah, no, look, I, I don't think I've ever had any depression or anxiety really um but i guess you know there's always tough times um through life um i've been pretty lucky in a sense that that's something my dad always um he probably didn't really tell me but he probably just always encouraged me you know like through through tough times that there's always there's always a change that will come and it's never going to be the same and and that he always was very positive about the future and, and no matter a circumstance you know, and there's always um, there's always hope. I think that was probably a really good thing that my dad taught me that there was always hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess in those moments, I I try not to, and I always just have that that sort of. And I'm very lucky that I got taught that. So it's yeah. Yeah, I've I've never faced um, uh, depression or anxiety at, at like a clinical or diagnosable level, but I think. Uh, all parents feel some level of anxiety and worry for their for their kids and, and uh, apprehension about you know the the world that we're bringing them up in. Um, but I just want to say, even though uh, I haven't experienced that, that I've been able to support people close to me that have experienced that, and, and just to um, just to say that it, it's not abnormal like it's part it's actually part of life and there is help available if that is you um so just because uh, maybe some of us haven't kind of experienced it at that clinical level doesn't mean that it's not uh, a real thing or it's not uh something that christians are immune from as well that it's actually something that, that happens to christians and something that we actually uh, have a role in supporting others in our whole world um to actually minister that hope uh, that we're talking about and to be the people there that can actually speak words of truth and life and that doesn't mean that we speak a word of truth and hey presto it's fixed but it's actually part of the the journey of having a community that is supporting 
and co a community that uh, doesn't uh, ostracize or separate out uh, those people that are going through uh, that kind of experience. Definitely, and I think too what you were saying, Adam, it's real that as Christians we can be hyper-faith and why don't you just think positive and get over it kind of thing, but to acknowledge it's real and sometimes medication is needed and counselling is needed and to really acknowledge the depths of often the torment that comes with mental illness. It's not something you can brush over or wish away and, um, yeah, I guess we need to address it well. And, um, yeah, anyway, over to you, Tom. Um, yeah, for me, probably about... Two years ago, I went through a little, um, had a battle with some mild depression um, and that was brought on by a whole number of factors, um, probably breaking my, spreading myself too thin and working too hard and all of that kind of stuff and um, it was a pretty terrible time but for me, I think part of the reason why how I found myself in that situation is is I lacked confidence because my confidence was in myself and um, and the thing is when your confidence is in yourself, as soon as you start to stumble, your confidence plummets yep. and for me, life got before that I was cruising through life, so I stumble I can take that hit, but when life got really busy and I was stumbling a lot, it really took a big hit and that's kind of what started to spiral me downwards and um, what really helped me climb out of that was actually learning to get confidence in God. Um, you know, when your confidence is in yourself and you stumble, your confidence takes a hit but when your confidence is in God, it's in something that's unshakable and immovable and you can take a hit and it doesn't affect you because your confidence isn't in yourself, it's in God. So and for me... Breaking that, like, you know, I, Mark, you, you guys all know, was our pastor in Sydney at the time, and he really kind of helped me through a lot of that as well, and gave me some keys about um, my, my thoughts and um, my self-talk and all of that kind of stuff, but ultimately, it's actually just, for me, been a journey of learning what it is to be a son of God, and learning to get my confidence in God, and not in my humanity and my ability, so... Yeah, that's cool. Um, have I ever... I think probably, like Adam, there's those anxious moments with my kids and particularly in seeing one of my children is so like me, which is um, kind of often frustrating because I see the worst like, in me kind of thing. But it's those anxious moments when I've seen them going through something similar that I hated when I was a kid mm. and them having to do that and... So that was always a, a moment of how do I bring confidence to them and that they'll get through it and how do I break that from my life and I had, haven't actually deal with that instead of always just brushing aside when I was younger I could do that so that they wouldn't have to do it. So that was always, for me, that's yeah, been probably one of my battles is just that anxiety in, in that, not so much. Do you share that story about one of the kids at preschool? Do you want to share that? Or <coughs> that oh, I have to remember it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was talking about, but yeah, how to explain it. Yeah, but you didn't Okay, it's hard to put into words. Okay, and jo um, this is um, John's, and it'd be good for us to be praying for John, um, for a lot of you guys will know, but some might not. John's dealing with um, cancer at the moment, mm. 
And so he's, his answer to this is only lately, I think, with dealing with the cancer and he's still coming through all that. So um, just be continuing to lift John up in prayers as he's going through this season. Mm. And that, but oh, yeah. Did he not have anything to add to that one? That's what he said. Okay, cool. Awesome. So linking in with that, um, do you do anything to continue to take care of your mental health um, <coughs> today? Any of you? John put here a few different things and I really like um, this answer and I think it's, it's key for everyone is to do things that, you know, recharge your batteries. Mm. And that's different to everyone and often I talk to people and the advice, what are you doing for your, yourself? Like, especially for fathers and mothers, we're dealing with kids and life and work and there's so much things and if we don't actually do something that recharges us and do something that... Um, yeah, brings joy to our life. It can be, it can lead to this that cycle of life, and that's when depression can come in. So, mm. making sure you're doing something for yourself, not doing it religiously every day or something. Something fun and refreshing. Yeah. <coughs> what do you guys do? Um, for me, one part of it is my uh, self-talk. Just, I guess, not beating myself up if I make mistakes. Um, and then the other thing is um, actually a quote that you put up, Sarah, on Facebook about when you give yourself to something, you'll have less of something. I was just really being wise at managing my time and, you know, careful not to be the yes man that ends up... Fred Finnegan. Yeah. Mm. So that's... that's uh, just like when I was talking about loneliness even before, just being aware of where you're at, I think, is really important. And as just taking just even a little bit of time just to evaluate, okay, am I going okay? And if not, okay, what can I do to actually position myself well to, to you know, receive other people's help? And that's, that's a big thing as well, to be actually uh, vulnerable enough to actually accept help. Uh, when it's offered and when you need it. I think mm. that's um, just being uh, making a decision in myself that if I need help, I will accept it. <laughs> it's great. Don't do it alone. Yeah, it's very good. Did you want anything, Laz or Shane? Um, yeah, the other guys have just about nailed it. That's uh, balance, um, the, the pressures of, of today's society and influences that are out there. I, I continually rationalise and self-check myself to see whether um, uh, so as I can combat any adverse um, influences and just, just keep true to myself, I guess. Uh, so I'm continually checking myself to um, make sure I remain who I am. Um, uh, yeah. Um, we've only got two more questions. I'm going to add this one in. It wasn't. I didn't send this to you guys during the week. But um, does anyone have the, a proud moment or like their proudest moment as a dad that you can think of? It might link in with similar things, but it might be a bit different to something you've already said. Well, I got heaps, and it involves my kids, obviously. Um, I used to t uh, coach uh, junior cricket uh, at Mudgee, and um, when I moved down here, also. Um, but there was one time up at Mudgee and uh, my eldest son, Noel, uh, was in a team and he was sort of middle of the road. He was um, a fast bowler, a good bowler, 
and a, and a medio mediocre sort of batsman. And uh, it was the grand final, and um, there was a bit of nudge nudge in the in the two teams, as you would expect, even in the under 14s. And um, he had to come in at a time where it could either make or break the the, the game, uh, win or lose the game. <laughs> and he and he played played well above himself. And I just saw. Uh, yeah, I was really proud of him. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's good, lads. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> we won. We won. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. I, uh, I don't have anything that immediately comes to mind. Um, no, look, I guess it's, it's always nice when you see your kids um, sharing. Like, I guess mm. just uh, seeing Henry when he does something nice for his brother... You go, oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, you are a good kid. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that's always hard. Like, and especially when you don't have to instruct them to do it. It's they're done right. it out of their own, you know, their own little person. So that's really encouraging. Yeah, mine's similar. I just love. I'm so proud of my kids when they show kindness. Mm. I just love to see um, that and ha to think to hope that something I've said somewhere <laughs> along the way might have contributed to, to that expression of kindness. Uh, right. uh, I think that's the, when I'm proudest is when I see my kids doing kindness uh, to those who are, uh, you know, excluded or who are those who are maybe unlovable, something like that. If I can, just seeing those kind of little moments of where that kindness is shown that is just above and beyond, I'm super proud. Um, probably two relating to the same thing. One is uh, when Judah did his first drop punt. That was a very proud moment. And the fact that he... Uh, Explain what that is for some people who uh, are So that is a kick in <laughs> AFL. I'm a Western Australian, so naturally <laughs> AFL is uh, what I love. And, um, and then the fact that he loves my football team and loathes the team that I loathe. So <laughs> I'm so proud of him. It's <laughs> good. Lisa's proud of you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I'll, I'll probably got a where to start. Heaps yeah. proudest, heaps of proud moments of my kids. Um, I like that all three of my boys, when they do s sport, like every time they play, they they do their best, and they might not be the the best at that whatever they're doing, but they'll always give 100% and try and, like, kind of leave it all out on the field, so to speak, but they will always, they'll never give up and all, all forever do that and it's something that, like, we haven't had to teach them as such, but it's just, like, I'm like, like I couldn't, at that, this age and all that, I couldn't care less about the result, but as long as they have a go and do their best mm -hmm. and, and that, so that's always a... <coughs> A proud moment and um, probably one of the most proudest moments was with Sarah shared this story of our son Tamana. Um, there was a kid at school who was really lonely and and just Tamana noticed that he was lonely and he kind of befriended him and the best mates now and, and everything like that and asking Tamana what was he feeling he goes I didn't want to go and talk to him but God was telling me to go and talk to him so I had to and he just kind of it was all like we knew nothing about it until weeks later when we spoke to this kid's parents and, mm. yeah, that was a really proud moment. Yeah, I think he said, 
I said, what well, kind of gave the idea to talk to him? And he said, Mum, I don't think it was me. It must have been the Holy Spirit because I couldn't get the idea out of my head and I always forget things. But <laughs> this idea wouldn't get out of my head. And he said, I even went to go talk to him and then I went to turn back because I was nervous. And then the, there was just this like thought in my head, go talk to him, go talk to him, go talk to him. And he said, Mum, it must have been God because I wouldn't have done it. Like I was a bit scared. And he just went and, and changed this boy's life. And, and he was teary. He was like, I just put myself in his shoes and how sad he must have felt. Definitely a proud moment. And Zeke's done the same, sticking up for kids who've been beaten up on the playground and gone and pulled them off and sticking up for the down and out and the lonely and oppressed. And I think as kids get older too, we're seeing more and more of that in our kids, of their character and their maturity and their kindness. And I think you see more of it as your kids get older. The toddler and like little years, like, you know, their character's developing and as they grow older, you see more, I think, more and more of that gold that's in them. So, yeah. Okay, last questions. Is everyone enjoying this so far? It's been helpful, encouraging. I'm enjoying it. You guys have... Yeah, it's been great. All right, so if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self in retrospect, what would it be? <laughs> well, I have an instance that I can recall from 64 years ago. Yeah, how'd I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was, uh, um, I was in second or third class or whatever it was, and there was this chap um, in uh, the same class or whatever, same grade, and he had an affliction. And um, uh, so many of the kids would tease this young, this young boy, and I was one of them. Mm. Um, and he's the only person, the only young person that I, whose name I can remember today, and he's name was or is i don't know philip kirsten and um i was one of the boys that that teased this young man this young boy and i've carried that weight all my life Mm. to the point where only two years ago i looked through the phone book and picked out all the philip kirstens that were in the phone book wow and and rang them. I wanted to apologise wow. to this boy. So, <laughs> if I could give myself some advice, mm. was don't do that. Mm. Did you find him when you rang? No, I didn't. It's mm. amazing. I'm probably a bit too young to have that kind of wisdom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm seeing, like Josh said, a, a lot of. Um, my traits in Henry um, coming through and it's it's hard to know I guess like you said you have to deal with it yourself at some point and know and have the answer to, to give to your son and that's probably a bit of a challenge for me at the moment is going oh flip like have I dealt with that properly did I deal with that back then when it, it you know like um, when it happened to me like with bullying and and, and not having friends and all that sort of stuff and having the right answers and giving them the right encouragement, that's probably something I'm working through at the moment. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's a hard one. But, yeah, just, just trying, to <laughs> trying to give that wisdom over to the young person that you're, you're trying to teach is hard. So, I think for me, and I, I don't think this is um, 
universally applicable, but I think for me, I'm generally a, quite a risk-averse person. I, I don't like to risk things. So I think I, my advice to my younger self would just be maybe take a bit more risks, take a few more risks and actually, actually, yeah, invest in that risk even though it's uncomfortable at times. Yeah, similar to Adam, just um, to take the opportunity when it presents itself. Um, kind of like the story of Tamana when he, he didn't really want to go speak to the kid because he, he was scared or whatever, but he actually decided to go do it and it changed that kid's life. And so if I could go back, I would say, Tom, take every opportunity you can because you never know the impact it could have. So That's cool. Um, what was mine? Piece of advice to yourself in retrospect. I don't know, what's yours? Well, no, I probably when I... Just taking the seriousness of fatherhood probably a little bit more in the earlier days, I guess. Um, I'm still pretty young at it, but I don't know. I think it's, for me, it's my greatest responsibility above everything else is being a good role model to my kids and a good father and trying to, I don't know, I had no idea what I was doing when I first started. None of us do. So just, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think all of us have that, but just knowing. I heard someone say that's it, their greatest um, role is being a father. So for me, just to, to to understand that a bit better before I went on the role of fatherhood. That's cool. You're a great father. Definitely. Thanks. <laughs> you have to say that I don't today. Think you couldn't have done it any better. <laughs> <laughs> Did she John won't have say any? that tomorrow. John said... Oh, I say it every day. Um... To look after your health, seek God for all the important decisions and balanced life's demands with stuff that really recharges you emotionally and physically. Awesome. Mm. That's great. And probably to sleep before I had kids a lot more. Because <laughs> it's non-existent now. So. Mm. Yeah, I love the... Um, the how, do you, is it, how do you say it? Is it meme or meme? Meme. Of Mr. Bean, which Josh tagged me in with um, Mr. Bean with his toothpicks in his eyes. And the words were, when you're, like, you're zapped of every ounce of energy, but you still have kids to take care of. <laughs> and, yeah, you just got to keep pushing, <laughs> hey? And, yeah, they're so worth it. But we'll catch up on sleep later, hey? All right, well, maybe we'll just get one of the dads to pray for us to finish. And then we've got um, some chocolates and ginger beer for the dads. And don't forget the light desk and hang around and have a chat. But who wants to volunteer to pray for us? Don't all jump at once. Tom. Yeah, I was thinking Tom. He's <laughs> a guest. He's a special guest. Thanks, Tommy. What Bring a us rip home. Off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dear Lord, we, uh, we praise you and thank you that you are such a good father, Lord, that, um, that you love us so much. And um, yeah, Lord, that you've only got good things for us and you want the best for us, Lord God. And we just pray for every one of us this morning, Lord God, that Whatever we're going through, Lord, we can actually give it up to you and know that we're giving it into the hands of a good, loving, faithful Father that will never let us down and never leave us, Lord God. And we just pray for those that um, maybe don't have a Father, Lord God, that, um, that they know that they can actually run into your arms, Lord, the Father of everyone, Lord God. So we praise you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's give our panel a hand. These guys shared like quite bravely and courageously to be sharing about, you know, some of the things they shared about. So thank you, men. Thank you for being such inspirational, encouraging 
dads, and um, yeah, I hope you're encouraged, church. Go have a lovely afternoon, and grab yourself a ginger beer and some chocolate on the way out. <laughs>